Why? Why do people come back week after week after week after friggin' week to listen to us talk? <laughs> Are they though? I th- somebody is. Somebody is. Somebody is. And I don't understand it. And but you that, know what? And that one person. But you know what? Thank you. <laughs> you're thinking yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, thank you very much for tuning in. To Not the, really tuning in to the MVG podcast. Yeah. By or downloading it or Will and Dave. Yes. Or listening to it on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. Whatever you get your podcast on. At MVGDave.com. Yep. The, you need Finner to make that website. Bane.com. I don't think you <laughs> see, I don't like the way you pause on mine because you just like I know you're doing it so it can sound like something else. And this is a did PG- I say at, did I do it again at mvgdave.com? Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. Maybe that should be the podcast name. It should. Or not. the website name. I was gonna say. I feel like you maybe were just trying to. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be at mvg.com. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we're doing a podcast. Um, in today's episode, we're actually doing this about um, the one and only, kind of good. <laughs> game but way better than the last week's episode yes it's way better than dirge um kind of it was like them going oh shoot final fantasy fans want final fantasy games let's go make those um <laughs> and, then, and then they did this is final fantasy 7 crisis core after before core well, there's before what crisis. in the who's it <laughs> well there was the before crisis game okay yeah but we're so. not talking about that one today We'll talk about it slightly. Oh, my gosh. I don't know anything about anything. I don't know anything about it either. I I know just what I wrote down. So, (laughs) All right. So, you ready for this? So, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, directed by Hajime Tabata, who also made... I thought you said Chibata. (laughs) Chibata. (laughs) Hajime Chibata. Also, we're very hungry right now. Yeah, I am kind of hungry. Um, so he made Type Zero, Final Fantasy Type Zero. Oh yeah. He made Parasite Eve Third Birthday, even oh, though yeah. even though they don't call it Parasite Eve at all. What is it called? It's just called, it's just third, called Birth- third Birthday, which makes no sense because, like, you think he, I mean, people that played uh, Parasite Eve back in the day, like they played Parasite Eve. Maybe they don't really play video games anymore, but maybe they loved it. And then maybe if they saw Parasite Eve third birthday, they'd be like, oh my gosh, there's a new Parasite Eve game. But instead, they just see, oh, third birthday, what is that? I don't really care. There's not much to care about, I guess. Yep, not much to care about. Um, that game was okay, though. Third birthday, it was a little weird. I never really liked the original Parasite Eve, so. What? I like them. Um, you like a lot of things. I do. See, I have like the sunshine. <laughs> I have sunshine goggles. I do. <laughs> And uh, most famously, Tabata Shibata is known for... Tabata Shibata. Do you know what he's known for? Um, Type Zero. No. Oh. Oh, the the awesome sandwiches you can make with him. No, yeah. (laughs) Stealing from Nomura. Final Fantasy XV. Did he really steal it from him, though? No, he didn't steal it. I'm sure uh, producers and 
presidents of companies stole it from Nomura. Again, did they really steal it from Nomura? Did Nomura go, I've got other things to do? No, no, that's not what happened at all. We will get into that. When we get to the Final Fantasy 15 podcast, I know a ton about this particular subject. Oh, gosh. And I personally kind of don't want to know. Well, you're going to find out about it regardless. Oh, my gosh. So. <laughs> uh, so the character designs were by Nomura, of course, because Nomura's Final Fantasy. He's just the character designer for Square Enix in general, I swear. Um, so the game's story was actually inspired by some of the unused materials that... Uh, I can never say this dude's first name... Kazushige Nojima. Okay. Uh, who was the... He was He's the one that uh, directed Bahamut Lagoon. And, <gasps> yeah, so you like this guy. Uh, so he was the screen, screenwriter, scenario writer for uh, 7, 8, 10, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, Chain of Memories. Good, okay. good okay. stuff, honestly. Um, the game was originally going to be a port of the mobile phone game before Crisis. Do you, do you know anything about Before Crisis? Um, it was like the story of the Turks, right? Yeah. Okay. Is that the extent uh, of your knowledge? Yeah. That's the extent of my knowledge too. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I've so actually heard it's it's really good though. Yeah. Supposedly it's like it's backstory on some of the more minor Turks, and then mm. it kind of explains how they led up to not necessarily to being pretty much manipulated in the things that they did, right? Like, and not being fully abreast of the actual issues that they were taking. So you do know more about it, because that was more than I knew about it. Yeah, I always know a lot about a lot of yeah, things. Okay. okay, okay. I try not to. I try not to brag, you know. What I mean? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, since this was uh the younger days of the characters, like in this game, Cloud was supposedly fourteen and Aerith is fifteen. Uh, they weren't as worried about changing the characters' personalities. Uh, but we're we're really careful about changing like any of the world's lore. Mm-hmm. So respect. Um, well, okay. So which are we, what are we talking about first for this game? Oh, uh, well we'll get the, after this we'll get in the gameplay. Okay. So we're going to do story first. No, we're going to, no, we're just doing the intro right now. Oh, okay. But then we'll get in the gameplay and then story. Yada, yada gameplay. And then story. I feel like the story is more important for this game. <laughs> I'm trying to be consistent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Reason. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. The game's good. The game's good. That's that's my initial take on the game. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll get into that. We'll dive into that. Uh, so the game actually started off as a pure action game. Uh, but just like Dirge, most of the staff had only worked on the RPGs. And so they decided that they're going to do a hybrid of an action game. I mean, it's almost like stick with what you know. Don't yeah. change it. Oh, Why yeah, are we yeah. changing this? Yeah. Okay, we're not. Yeah. Because we don't need to. Sounds good. Let's do it. That that was kind of like the, like the idea. Like, this, okay, let's design stuff, but then let's not over design it because why? No, yeah. Also, sense. we know how to do this other stuff. Why don't we just integrate this other stuff into our like our game like plan? Dirge like over under designed? Oh gosh, Dirge did one of those things where they saw a problem, they saw a solution for said problem, and then they said, "Let's do that a thousand times." And then, <laughs> oh shoot, maybe we should have dialed it back. Let's make it really easy. Yeah. And oh, you know something I didn't talk about last week with with Dirge hmm. is like out of nowhere, uh, Vincent's gun is like just ridiculously powerful. Like he's there's this cut scene where he's jumping up in the air and he's like shooting down and like just one shot like takes care of the helicopter. 
and you're like it's so precise, but <laughs> you as the player are so garbage at aiming. Although that you do it. I did look it up, if you can take down a helicopter, a real helicopter, with one bullet, you can. You can. You just have to hit the tail propeller. Tail. What is it called? The rotor. Rotor. Yes. Is that what it's really called? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dude, you gotta you gotta bleep that one. <laughs> you gotta leave that one in. <laughs> That's awesome. Whoops. <laughs> we are, just so you know, we are, for our first season, we were not a PG podcast. And then we decided for reasons for a PG podcast. And I just, oh gosh, and I just cursed it. And he just did a recap of season one. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that, oh my gosh, that was a lot of season one. Yeah, that was awesome. Well, you know, not as much as I actually thought there was. But anyway. Still, we curse a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really know what we're talking about. Uh, so we're anyway, talking about uh, taking out helicopters with one oh, shot. Oh yeah, Dirge yeah. Cerberus, but. So uh, so unlike Dirge the uh Crisis Core actually had a lot better critical response to the game. Yes. yes. Why? Because story came first, and then yes. gameplay. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. To be honest. The reason why the story came first, in, in my opinion, is because the game itself actually took place with a character. It's a prequel, first of all, but it also took place with a character that was like very central to the story of Final Fantasy VII. But not really touched on. It, 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 yeah, but I it, think was, it was all secret stuff. Yeah, it was all. It, it was always a story that was kind of left to the imagination, which made it really good that they decided to flesh it out, and they fleshed it out in a way that wasn't fan servicey, but it was. It was more like a. This is what was in the original game design document for his story, and mm. we just never could realize it because right. money and it would mess with the flow of the game. Yeah, to go back I mean, and it was, play it was definitely designed as cutscenes or whatever. Yeah, um, it, so, it actually works perfect yeah. as a as a as an idea for a prequel. It does. Um, so, um, so Nomura. Okay, this is just in regards to Final Fantasy VII remake, and I guess at one point Nomura had. Like, this is as uh, early as 2018. Nomura was actually talking about uh, remaking some of the uh, compi- compi- uh, compilation games. I don't know why I'm struggling with that word. Compilation. Compilation games. and uh, But this is specifically talking about Crisis Core. I almost feel like Crisis Core would have been a better remake than, than yeah. 7. I mean, I, I wouldn't be disappointed if they remade Crisis Core using the new engine and everything Final Fantasy 7 engine yeah oh because it's kind of fleshed out and it wouldn't have that freaking roulette thing going on oh man all right we'll talk about that thing uh so this one actually sold three million copies which um it's pretty darn good because that's about what like Final Fantasy that's a little less than Final Fantasy 6 5 and I think it's about what four sold obviously you can't touch Final Fantasy 7 because that one sold like 12 million units at this point I think that Crisis Core probably could have sold more units had it not been on, on PSP on a dying console. Yeah, that's a very good point. I think had they released it for PS2, um, it'd been a lot better. Yeah. Well, I mean, sales wise. Also, I mean, like I'm I said, pretty sure if you count the amount of people who downloaded, and emulated, and played it and enjoyed it, there's probably yeah, you're probably right. a couple million more. Yeah, probably no, probably more than a couple. Realistically, that being said, the game is very, 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 very well received, mm-hmm. and it fits into the lore way. I mean, Dirge, 
there's you could take it and be it'd be done with it. Yeah. Whereas before, uh, or this one, uh, Crisis Core, you kind of actually felt like it was, um, uh, like you almost felt like you needed it. I mean, it felt like it felt kind of like, like Rogue One, whereas like Dirge kind of felt like the Last Jedi. You're gonna keep on pooping <laughs> on that movie. Anyway. We're not talking about those. <laughs> uh, so it's good. Anyway, uh, moving on the gameplay, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I thought I thought you liked talking about gameplay more than the story, honestly, just because you like I'm the mechanics guy. Yeah. I get that, but I also am a writer, and this is a good story. So we can talk about gameplay, and well, we can good, talk about we're how gonna gonna <laughs> if you're gonna commit to it, just commit to it. Goina. <laughs> I'm Italian. It sounds racist. Is it Brooklyn? I don't know. And it sounds like you're referring to... No, ma. Okay. Anyways, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what's going on either. Um, All right. Gameplay. So so this game is an action-based uh, RPG. Uh, you walk around in a 3D open field, mm-hmm. and you run into... And there's actually there's random encounters in this game, which is... Uh, bananas? Bananas. B-A-N-A-S. And then uh, you always get the... You get like the computer computer voice going, initiating battle something. It's time to start a roulette. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so but when you round are, one fight, that's pretty much what it was. So when you yeah, there you go. Uh, when you are in battle, you you can walk around the battlefield. You can move about the enemies and everything. Uh, you can also dodge and block enemy attacks. Uh-huh. Uh You set and. So in this game, they have material in this game as well. Uh, you set material to your character, and this can dictate what commands that Zach can use mm-hmm. other than attack. Um, you can equip up to six materia in, for battle. Um, the material in this game was made so that you could optimize your character to so it can feel more like it. you're playing an RPG or you're feeling, playing more like an action game or kind of an in-between. Okay. So I think you just get... Yeah, you can customize to whether or not you just want to do hack and slash or more magic or whatever. Um, So kind of like, kind of like kingdom hearts actually. So in this game, you use the L and R buttons to to cycle through commands, just kind of like you do with the, the directional pad buttons for kingdom hearts, select an attack and magic and all that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same thing. Um, You could actually, and I'm really kind of rushing through this. uh, You can, yeah, I, it's like he's really he's like moving through this. <laughs> he, it's almost like you don't want to be here. Oh, I can slow down if you want. No, that's fine. Okay. Uh, oh, so we can get the story. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you can fuse material together, and which makes can make stronger material. Uh, so you like if you fuse two materials together. When did you start fusing? Is that like way later in the game? I don't think it's that much later. I don't think I finished this game. I don't even really think I got a halfway through this, this game. Yeah, you, you fuse... Uh, so, I mean, I don't know if you can do this at the start, but you'll fuse two materials together and use, like, an item to draw even more attributes. And, huh. yeah, okay. like, like the 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 more you fuse this stuff, the more you do, like, side missions and everything. I mean, you can really, like... You can do a lot with this. I mean, you can... Without even... Without cheating or anything, you can get up to, like, maximum HP. Just using this fusion system, you can get maximum attack or whatever like that. Also, it's going to take a long time. It was a very variable system where yeah. they could actually. Okay, that's cool. Considering that most, uh, 
considering that most of the these side games don't really think too much about those things, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Um, can we okay? Can we like focus in on the battle though? Yeah. That okay. So initially, when you start the battle, a roulette goes on. You that's get, what like, I was just about to get into. Gosh. Let's well, call talk it. about it, man. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, so so it turns out that uh, Namora and Katase uh are really big fans of pachinko machines. Like, this is a legit thing. Oh, my gosh. That makes a lot of sense. So, this is all really legit. So, I'm going to expand on his, what he's talking about. So, it's called the Digital Mind Wave, or the DMW. And it's Yeah, you're right. It's a roulette slot machine type thing. It is a roulette slot machine. Not a type thing. It is just a roulette slot machine. So, it uses what is they called SP, or soldier points, uh, to spin the wheel. Lame. <laughs> uh, there are two sets of three that will spin. So one will have the picture of a characters from the game mm-hmm. that you meet, and if you line up three of the same character, then you'll perform a limit break, and that can either attack an enemy or it can heal Zach. Now the other ones are numbers, mm-hmm. and if you line up two of the numbers, um, it will like it levels up a materia associated with it. And if you get, if you match up seven seven seven, uh, Zach will gain a level. But you have to get seven seven seven. That's the only way you can gain a level in this game is if you get seven seven seven. What? Yeah. How often does that happen? Is it like? Is so it we'll, like we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll kind of talk about like what's probably happening behind the scenes. Um. So other, if you line up other numbers, oh, you, yeah, it yeah. basically gives Zach buffers for for the time. Um, so the chances of the pitchers lining up have a better chance, uh, if you're, you have a limit meter and if your limit meter is more full, uh, when you get that limit meter builds up as you take hits, uh, the more that's full, the more of a chance you have to connect all three character slots, basically. So even though like they have this slot machine, it is kind of... Um, it's a manipul- yeah. manipulatable, ma- yes. manipulable. So you, I mean, so if if you say you have zero limit break, that means that you have a one in hundred hundred chance to to line one up. But if your limit break is getting closer, then you know those odds get uh, lower, is is or higher, I suppose. Right as it fills up. Okay. I still, I'm, I'm, I'm still on that whole. I don't like it. <laughs> Um, so, and I'm, I'm sure t- just like the, the seven, 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 I'm pretty sure they have something in there too, where they have experience behind the scenes. So you're leveling up. Yeah. So you're it really seems, actually leveling up. It seems random, but you're already, you're leveling up. And then when you do get enough experience, well, that's when it triggers that. Well, you can legitimately like go through a whole area and not level up and then go to the next area and you'll level up like five battles in a row. You could probably even level up twice in the same battle or whatever. So if you stayed in one area and you just kept on leveling up, mm-hmm. or like you kept on getting lucky enough to trigger a level up. Right. Well, I bet it's still based on the experience that you get from the particular enemies in that area. So like the more experience you get, then like the higher chance it is for you leveling up. I'm I'm sure, I'm just guessing, but it would make the huh. most sense. So I mean I mean, because technically, if you don't do something like that. You could technically go through the whole game without leveling up once. So you have to have something in there 
to True. yeah to catch that if somebody's luck was just that bad yeah like my fantasy football season right now it's just that bad it is i'm like the top scorer but then i also have the most points scored against and so i'm like you're so barely you're, you're might not make the playoffs what you're saying is you're garbage at that game <sighs> it's all luck so is it though it's pretty i much thought it luck. was a lot of skill like making sure that you are predicting the right people to put into you. Sure, there is that level of skill, but it's still all luck because if the other team like has just as much luck as I do or a little bit more luck than I do, then their player might score one more point or who knows. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> so you're probably just not that good at it. Uh, okay. Anyway, moving away from <laughs> fan football. <laughs> you just don't want to talk about how badly you'd be losing. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Um, so there you go. There, there is the battle system basically in a nutshell. Also, so, it's kind of hack and slash with it is like very the, with the menus to get yeah. to the magic and stuff like that. Actually, if you really look at Crisis Core, it is definitely if you if you look I'm at that, that you draw the, this conclusion that yeah. I started drawing. If you look at the Final Fantasy VII remake, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, it really is. Minus a freaking slot machine. Why? Minus, because it's garbage. Wow. Kind of. I, I mean, it's... Oh, no. It's, oh, no. If it's you very saw a slot machine in no, 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 no. Remake, I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'm sure there will. Well, there's still Tifa. No, but you see the way she does her limit break, so I don't think the slot machine is involved. Uh, I can't remember. She uh, triggers them. What about Kaseth? Who knows? He has to have a slot machine. Who knows? But we're not going to see him yet. Maybe maybe they change the story altogether and Kaseth dies right they're away. They're not. They're adding <laughs> stuff to the story, but they're like it's just so they can flesh out the areas. Yeah. But yeah, other yeah. than that, they're not gonna. They can fluff it. Floof. So uh, I don't remember what we were just talking about. We were talking about slot machine. And oh, Final Fantasy Seven. Final Fantasy Seven remake. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I was thinking about when I was writing this up. I was like, wow, that really is. Oh, kind of similar to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. It's not the same. It, it really is not the same. Right. It's a bit different, but it is definitely very similar, and I can totally see them drawing inspiration from Final Fantasy VII if, Crisis, Crisis, like Crisis if it, Core. If they remade the game, like Crisis yeah, it would Core, be easy. it would be easy, right? Yeah. I mean, all they got to do is translate the, the cutscenes with people with yeah, chicken they, wings. Yeah, they could pretty much have the same battle system yeah. at, that they did in Crisis Core. That's pretty legit. Yeah. Minus the slot machine. Yeah. Um, They'd have to have the slot machine. No, they wouldn't. There's a reason. Uh, I forgot. It, okay, so what is the slot machine supposed to represent? Uh, so it's a little bit like Persona. <laughs> Honestly, it really is. Um, Educate me. So, so sometimes when you lined up uh, a character... You would actually, it would, the, the battle would, and this is kind of weird, but the battle would stop and you would get some cutscenes. And these are, these aren't cutscenes that you see like in the game. This is, it's giving you like, it's cutscenes of that character and that character's interaction with you. And it gives a little bit more details about your relationship with that character and, and their significance to you. Okay. But they're not like, they're not like long sequences. They're, they're usually, I mean, they're pretty short. So, so that's what the okay. So, uh, oh, so the wheel is supposed to represent your relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yes. So, if you have a good relationship with somebody, do they come up more often in the wheel? I don't know. Okay, but I I do like the, okay, but it, that's what it's supposed to be. So it's actually supposed to literally be like a, a mind roulette. Yeah, it's it's basically like 
I mean, you can take it the King Hearts, like personifying. My friends give me strength. You know, yeah. it's it's like that. Yeah. It is it, actually it's exactly like that. My friends give me strength. Yeesh. Okay, so I thought we had avoided all that crap from after Dirge of Cerberus, but apparently it's back. But and they it's do back it in a weird way. They don't. They don't lean as heavy into it. Yeah, it's not. It's it just. It works better. It's not cheesy like Dirgis Eberus where, you know, you have the, you can go, go do it, Vincent, you know, type thing. It's more, it's more, you are, you are, you are part of my hole, you know, type thing. Yeah. So. Somebody's being part of somebody else's hole. Okay. (laughs) 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 Words were said. Yeah, they were. You can't take <laughs> them back. <laughs> uh, okay, so. I'm trying to... I'm trying to so Final Fantasy VII, uh, for, for Crisis Core, had some of the best cutscenes as well. It had yes. like really, really, really good... Fan service. Huh? A lot of fan service. A lot of it. Especially Mainly because of, we got to see Sephiroth. And, and and Gax, what is this guy? What is the other guy's name? Gact? No. Oh, Angeal. 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 Angeal's a character that didn't need to exist, but we'll get we'll get into that when we talk about um, the story. So, his existence is really divided among the fan base. I actually I like the concept that they were trying to portray with this character. So, well, how about we take a break, and we'll talk more about Gact. Well, we'll t- yeah, we'll talk about the story. And Jill, Sephi Roth, the other black-haired guy. <laughs> and Jill? Oh, uh, Sang? Yeah, sure. The Turk? His mother? No. No. The the guy who's his, like, mentor or whatever. And Jill. I don't no. know who you're talking about now. Who, okay, so Angeal's the guy in the red coat, right? Hollander? Uh no, Genesis is the one in the red. Oh, coat. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. So but he has brown so, hair. Okay, whatever, man. I was <laughs> talking about, but when I said black-haired guy, I was talking about Angel, uh, and then the brown-haired guy is who I was talking about earlier. It's fan service. I mean, if you're being real, you were talking about a break. Wow. <laughs> and we're taking one. <laughs> we're back, guys. Yeah, we were talking about. Fantasy football because I'm cool and I play sports. Yeah, I'm interested in them. That is, I guess, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> oh, good. Puberty kicked in. Whoa. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that was a really long break for us. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about again? Um,. We were talking about Crisis Core. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. And I think we said, I think, I could be mistaken. Don't get me wrong, because, you know, I don't produce the podcast at all. I just edit them <laughs> and whatnot. Um, I think we were going to start talking about story. We are going to talk about story. And, Heavy uh, duty. So, I, I mean, I don't really, I didn't really know how much I needed to set up, like, previous entries. I'm just kind of on. assuming that, you know, everybody listens to every one of our podcasts and they listen to the Final Fantasy VII podcast. Okay. But Pretty much, I will title this Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, and that way it kind of links to it, maybe yeah. give you an idea. But uh, pretty much, this game is a prequel. That's yeah. what we have to you have to say. So it almost, re- it's a weird thing where like a prequel requires somebody to have at least a 
tad bit of knowledge of mm-hmm. the of the the mid cool of the series or whatever. Although I think I I bet people jumped in the Final Fantasy for the first time with this title. Oh, Crisis Core. Yeah, because it wasn't it was it was one of the few. I would say one of the few, but that's bit I didn't own a PSP. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the few like big games for PSP. Um, I know yeah, that the Monster Hunter games were pretty big. That when they were translated and brought to PSP as well. Oh, I didn't even know they came to America on the PSP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a couple of them. Um, but that being said, I feel like this might have because it has the Final Fantasy name attached to it. Like, oh, there's a couple God of War games and yeah, but they're like the they're, they're good. They're side games. Yeah, they're side games. They're yeah. still good though. Right, which doesn't doesn't seem like a, a normal. Uh, it seems like kind of one of those things where every game that's on like a mobile console always feels like it's the, the side story. Yeah, yeah, or a prequel, or a prequel. Yeah, those are both prequels. Go figure. Hmm. Uh, so I guess the only real thing I need to bring up is Shinra, and Shinra is this mega conglomerate powerhouse comp- company that's trying to rule the world essentially and uh but in this game uh like the the main characters like i'm pretty sure that the main characters think that this company is the enforcer and protector of the world though yes um it's like the it's like this weird thing where if somebody's doing a whole bunch of wrong in order to make their wrong seem right they have to enforce it mm-hmm. in order to enforce it they have to convince somebody or the enforcers that what they're doing is good and just. And it, so in order to do so, I have to manipulate them. Yeah. And that's it, what this game starts off. doesn't necessarily tell you that up front, but if you hadn't played the Final Fantasy, if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII and you didn't know what Shinra was doing or how Shinra was uh, harming the planet, um, you kind of go into a, almost thinking Shinra is a good company, yeah. but they tr- they try really well, hard to still give you that like that feeling until a little bit further in the game, and when they start to like, oh yeah, you're you guys are working for a, a dastardly core. Yeah. Well, um, it's kind of they also have you know since they have the soldier or whatever. I mean, even in the first game, Cloud was like, I'm gonna go join Shinra. I'm gonna become soldier right. first class. You know, so obviously it was when I think about it, the parallel is actually pretty pretty strong between like the military. Which, I mean, I am not saying anything against the military, but it does, there are people who would say that if you go into the military, you are fighting for your country. Yes. Which is good. It's patriotic, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's other people that say you go into the military, you're furthering, like, actually violence around the world or whatever. Okay. That being said, you can almost think of Shinra the same way. Oh, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. But in this way, Shinra is actually far, far further into the darker aspect of things for a simple profit, actually, it's still about the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it okay. might be kind of close. Unfortunately, might be sadly, a too, it might be kind of close after all. Might be a little too close to real life. Um, maybe not like Japan military or anything. Yeah. But maybe like it might be closer. Yeah, okay. Unfortunately. So, I'm actually kind of scared that I'm making the parallel, so we're just going to leave it at that. Yeah, CIA pretty much they're fighting, us down. Pretty much they're fighting for their country. That's what, that's what, or they're fighting for this corporation, which is fighting for the well-being, quote-unquote, of everybody around it. Um, because well, Shinra's bringing power to everybody. I mean, in a way, they're fighting for the power of the people that under Midgar. True. So, I mean, they are the protectors of them. Right. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, it's sort it's of. weird because I think because I kind of feel if you've ever watched any of the Miyazaki films, they talk a lot about the the environment. What what does he do? 
Miyazaki, he does uh, the big ones in the U.S. were Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, and then of course my favorite, Nausicaa Valley of the Wind. Right. But he talks a lot about um, like a lot of the themes that they go with is typically about preserving nature and pres- the natural order of things and things like that. And I kind of feel like this one kind of excuse me, um, Final Fantasy VII in general was usually like the overarching thing was typically about saving the planet. Whereas, you know, you have the like minor, you have the other, like the story threads that draw all that together mm-hmm. because ev- effectively like in seven, the Sephiroth was, I'm distro- going to stop you for a second. Mm-hmm. Will did this amazing job of holding back his sneeze. Or at least it looked that way. Yeah, I did. That was very impressive. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good at it. I <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, yeah, so Sephiroth kind of represented like a threat to not only the character and people, but also a threat to, to the environment or or the planet. And Shinra represented a threat to the planet. And throughout the whole thing, you start off really as people who are doing things that seem like terrorists would do them in order to save the planet. So, like, really, if you think about it, that theory has been, like, or that whole, like, presiding theme goes throughout the whole thing. Anytime we're talking about Final Fantasy VII... And you say planet, I have to think of that thing in the trailer. You're doing it for the planet, right? I I can't help it. Flashes what is in that my from? Head. It's from the trailer. It's it's I don't know wedge or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my I gosh. can't wait. I really can't wait till next week to tell you who that is. Okay. Right, anyway. Um, uh, not like I can't look it up now, but no, don't do it. I, I want to save it. Okay. Okay. I'll try to stay away from it. <laughs> um. But yeah, so like this one starts off with that idea. You are in the military and you're doing it because you're you're it's almost like it's almost like some of the like okay, so uh like it's almost like we're we're like certain computer communities say, Hey, if you work for the state, you're in. Like mm, this right. is this is a good job to have. Right. And that's kind of what he gets into the military to do. Like his parents and people are like, "Oh, these are these are good things to do yeah. because these people are honorable." But then that's wow. when that's when it all falls apart. It's the guy away, pretty much, America. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. But they kind of, if you look at it, a lot of the people who are fighting in the in and soldier are all like they, like they're all like hometown kind of people, yeah. and then. Like we're doing a good thing, mm-hmm. we're saving, we're we're blah blah blah, and then like I feel like within the first chapter, second chapter, they immediately go, yeah, here's the thing. So Shenra's cool and everything, but have you really thought about what they're doing? <laughs> and then you go, oh crap. And then like I like the way the story immediately like throws you into okay, so you like this person, don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as far as, as far as the fi- original Final Fantasy. Oh uh, no! Fa- uh, no, I'm talking about Crisis Core. Uh, okay. Like they start off like you like this person, you like this person, you like the, uh, don't like them. Um, you like this person. Uh, we'll get back to him. You yeah. like this person. It's kind of I. I kind of thought it was kind of a slow roll to like real. You know, Zach realizing. Um. Well, I think everything's triggered like in the first big like right. after you when you first start battling or second time you do you battle like after it, you get your actually, first mission, if you will. Yeah. Well. I mean, honestly, so, so, like, my memory of it is that this all happens pretty quick, mm-hmm. but in reality, th- it actually Oh, it takes plays, a little bit of time to play yeah, through it. Yeah, it does take a little bit of time. It, it's, um... Shoot, they spend, like, freaking almost 20, 30 minutes talking about f- f- apples. 
Okay. <laughs> dumb apples. Dumb apples. Um. Yeah, yeah. You didn't think we were gonna bring that up. <laughs> no, they put. They actually put in quotation marks. Dumb apple. It. It's like this. Okay, so. I guess because it is like kind of the opening of the game, you go to, I think it's Angeal's hometown. It's the Forbidden Fruit. Yeah, I know. They did that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we'll, they we'll, went to we'll get into that. They went into Angeal's like main town or right hometown. Now. Huh? <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to get into that, but then we'll get into it right now. That's fine. Go ahead. Yeah, they went to Angeal's hometown in your first mission. Who the heck is Angeal? Oh, Angel is. Uh, Let, let's uh, let's let's. Wow, we haven't even introduced the main yeah, character. Yeah, let's uh, let's go on and uh, we'll reel it back in and and I'll kind of set the tone for the story and everything. Uh, uh so yeah, Will, you're unorganized. I'm the producer. <laughs> I can do this myself. <laughs> so Zach is the main character. Zach, Zach, Zach. Uh, I don't remember his last name. It doesn't matter. Uh, so Zach is the is the main character. He is a member of Soldier, which is an elite branch, military branch of Shinra. Of which and, Cloud wanted to be a part of. Yeah, and he's actually he's soldier second class. Ooh. Um, at the start of the game, Zack and his best buddy and mentor, Angeal, are dispatched to help a war effort against a country called Wutai. His last name is Fair. Oh, Fair. Okay. Zack Fair. Wutai. Ain't they nothing to F with. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Angeal is actually he's a soldier first class, which is the elite of the elite soldiers. And um, Hewley, 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 Hewley. That's his name. Angeal um, Hewley. So they go on a mission together, and it ends up being like. And at the end of this, you fight Sephiroth, but then after that, you find out it's a simulation, which is a little weird because like they portray Sephiroth as like a bad guy, but realistically in this game, Sephiroth is a good guy. To be honest, Sephiroth has always been a quote-unquote good guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you were bad guy doesn't mean... Wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was saying it right. Whatever. Until anyway. He was a good guy until, like... Until he was... I guess... Okay. Until so, the crap part of this game. Let's put it that way. You'll, I'll, I'll fill you. Yeah. Yeah. Until the crap part of this game. Um, So... Anyway, so after this whole thing happens, mm-hmm. uh, Angel and Zach are like, "What's up, dude?" You know all this stuff, and uh, then <laughs> they're like, "What's up, dude?" <laughs> and then they're set on their next mission, and or yeah, on their next mission, for some reason, Angel disappears, and Zach gets back, and he's like, "WTF?" <laughs> WTF, mate. <laughs> And um, so, and it's also discovered that Angeal has disappeared along with another first class soldier, soldier of first class uh, named Genesis. Rhapsodos. Rhapsodos. That's wow. freaking last name. That's ridiculous. That's Rhapsodos. So in Japan, this character, <laughs> uh, this, so this character was originally in Dirge of Severus at the very, very end, some secret little thing. And it's modeled after this actor, singer, really famous dude named Gak. In Japan. All capital letters. Make sure you put some oh, respect yeah, on his name. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> so um, you, when you say it, every time you have to be like, gagged. And so that's ridiculous that his last name is Rhapsodis or whatever. Yeah, like, it, it's spelled more like, it's trying to spell like Rhapsody. Like, being yeah. caught up in something. Anyways, um, and then wow. Rhapsodos. Anyway. Yeah. Um, also well, known I thought as that was music G. related. Rap, raps, Rhapsody, isn't that? Like Rhapsody is a, a rap artist right now. 
Oh, really? Yeah, she's she's really good. We'll see. That's related to the music after all. Uh, so Genesis actually just just a you know heads up. So Genesis actually ends up becoming the the main antagonist of the story. Um, so eventually we find out that Genesis and Angel were experimented on using alien DNA cells. You want to know what Rhapsody means? Sure. I do actually. In ancient Greece, it's an epic poem or part of it of a suitable length for. Uh, wow, I can't say words. <laughs> Where's your heart? Recite, recitation at one time. No, I don't even know what that is. It pretty much, I guess it needs to be. It's like a big part of a poem that needs to be said all at once. You can't break it up. Okay. Well, then and that then makes says, his name even more ridiculous. And then it's um in. Oh my gosh! Why are all these big words? <laughs> Effusively, enthusiastic or ecstatic expression of feeling. This character really is kind of dumb. Okay, so, so have you ever have you ever like listened to something and like you realize that somebody put too much effort? <laughs> yes. <into> <laughs> 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 that is Genesis. Like the fact that they named first of all that they named him Genesis, second of all that his last name was Rhapsodos, and that, that you have to like Joel? dig in to figure out, huh? Is that Billy Joel Genesis? I can't remember. No, it's Journey. I don't know. I don't know Genesis. Genesis is the some band. I don't know. Yeah, it was with uh do 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 Elton John. I don't know. I really. I can feel it. I don't. In the air of night. Oh Lord, come on, man, Phil Collins. Do 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 do. That's Genesis. Yeah. Wow. Come on, that is like so iconic. So why? So now at this point. Why didn't they <laughs> take the likeness of Phil Collins? <laughs> <laughs> because Phil Collins didn't know what Final Fantasy was, okay? <laughs> and when they first meet him, he just starts singing that song. He comes out walking out singing that song. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then all you hear is, like, when it's, like he, he's come, like, he hasn't even entered the door, but as the door is about to open, it's like, do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> <do, do, do. laughs> And then he like slides in <laughs> all smooth like. Oh, oh man, the what? slide. Oh man. Okay, so That's somehow I gotta find the scene where Genesis is introduced, and I need to like <laughs> do some video Fine, editing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be great. Oh no. Yeah, okay. exactly. Wow. All right. So, so we're there, we're there's Genesis. <laughs> yeah, that's the dude. All right. Uh, <laughs> Dang, I think that was one of our most like, like deep. Like, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Like the like going off the rails tangents. Yeah, that that might have been. That, that was, was awesome. insane. That was great. Uh, so, so alien DNA, yada yada. Uh, so Zach is told that Angel and Genesis have portrayed Shinra, which right. of course Zach does not accept because Angel is is his mentor. Angel is you dropping your mic. <laughs> dropping the mic now. Uh, yeah. So, um. <laughs> And so he's tasked to find them by uh, teaming up with uh, Sephiroth. Right. As I said. Who's a good guy. Good guy. Yeah. And and they actually say in the game that uh, Angeal, Genesis, and Sephiroth are like good buddies. Best of buddies. Yeah. But they have like a weird friendship where it kind of feels like... They're always fighting each other? Yeah. They, they like have a friendly rivalry of who can be the best. Right. Uh, so Sephiroth... Which is good, I guess. It makes I, them stronger. I guess I should mention that... You know, if uh, if Genesis and Angel are like the elite of the elite, Sephiroth is like the elite of the elite of the elite soldiers. 
He's the elite of the elite of the elite? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but they're actually... So Shinra elite actually wants them to go... Those two to go and kill Angeal and Genesis. Shinra does. Shinra does, yeah. Okay. Um, so they finally... They end up fighting them, and Sephiroth squares off with uh, Genesis, um, which... I, f- I feel like you kind of discovered that they have a, a, like a little bit of a rivalry going on at that point, in my opinion. I, I mean, they were told that they were friends, but whatever. Right. Um, so, it, like, like they show a scene later on where they're, they're kind of sparring off and uh, are sp- sparring with each other. Uh-huh. And, like, and it always felt like Sephiroth is just toying with him, like, making him seem like he's going to win. And then, like, when he's, like, close, all of a sudden he's like, because Sephiroth is a bad mamma jamma. He is a bad mamma jamma. Um, Which does not help when he finally like discovers that he can do some crazy things. Yeah. Uh, which probably, again, it's like... a weird one wing. Which, oh my gosh. And they give somebody else the other wing in this game too. They have two people. Oh, oh they, they, they the other did. Wing. It's the same wing. Oh no, you might it's be right. It's part of the mutation or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which that that did kind of bug me a little bit. Um, yeah, because I always thought the wing in Final Fantasy VII was like symbolic, and that we see it because RPGs and because you know reasons, right. rule of cool mainly. But I don't know <laughs> if necessarily cool. Right? I mean, I guess it's being it consistent. is cool. I mean, it's with the song, though. yeah, but with the song being called the One Winged Angel, like it just works so perfectly. Well, Mind it, you, it might have been because of afterwards, but I mean, if if people have a wing because they were experimented on i mean it's it's just being consistent right but the wing was supposed the one wing is supposed to symbolize a fallen angel to symbolize somebody that once represented good that now represents something else um except for they can fly so they can't technically but they can in the game they can yes but yeah they can't really with one wing because you would i read somewhere that even if people had wings like that like two wings they wouldn't be able to fly they would have to be ginormous in order for us to be able to fly because yeah. of not because of how we weigh or how much we weigh right we're heavy we would actually have to hollow out our bones and we'd have to get rid of a lot of the water mass that we have mm. um as we well as compress our organs into certain so areas if we peed of the body. like a ton right before we tried flying we'd be able to do it no <laughs> because even if you peed a ton your blood is a lot of water it's a lot of liquid to keep your blood flowing your body right. and the other organs if you took the water out of them they wouldn't work properly the That's thing true. is like if you look at a bird it has a we minimum amount of organs and they're smaller and they have hollow bones and it's all compressed into one area so their center of gravity is a little bit easier to control whereas we have legs and, and hands they only just had their they only just have their claws or their their feet which makes it a little bit easier again distribution of weight and whatnot anyways I understand how, <laughs> We're how that's a paradox. Deep into yeah. this. <laughs> uh, so going back a little bit, just as a recap. So Sephiroth and Genesis, they kind of seem like they're rivals, you know, friendly rivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sephiroth is always kind of seems like he's antagonizing Genesis. And like I don't know, if, brother. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if for him, for Sephiroth, that's like, hey, I'm I'm doing you a solid. I'm trying to, you know, draw out your potential. Right. Um, but ironically, it is uh, Genesis that messes with Sephiroth in the same way that brings out. The, the bad and Sephiroth. And that, that's actually kind of the, the crappy part about this game because yeah. you, you kind of thought that Sephiroth, you know, kind of did this on his own, but like he was like, and according to this, Genesis is the, is the catalyst. And, I, and okay. So part of me does this thing where, and I, and it's called headcanon. That's what a lot of people use it. 
as is like when I think about the story of Final Fantasy VII, I erase Genesis from my from my head canon. Um, he doesn't exist. He's not. He's not the catalyst for anything. I, I actually don't. I don't think he's as. B- I mean, it's fine. It's, he's it's not, okay. subtle. It's, it's not that he's a bad character, and it's not that he should not exist. But in my head canon, he doesn't. He's an annoying because character. He's unnecessary. He's an unnecessary character. He's a little annoying too. Yes. Like, the thing is, Sephiroth, even without his new newly found uh, newly found catalyst, yeah. I still think that he's a better character without it. Like he could have been, it could have been better for him just to find some books, find an experiment, and drive himself down that hole. Right. Because that's kind of what still, made it, that that it's journey still the same itself. Thing. Was, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, yes, Seth, obviously the endpoint is still the same. Yeah, I mean, it didn't butt kicked. <laughs> it wasn't. It's fine. It's not. The he end he of thought the he world. was all cool. He took his shirt off and everything, and we were like, "Nah, not today, homie." And we still took him Oh, Sephiroth? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Remember at the end of the game? Yeah. 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 <laughs> he took his shirt off and you were like, really, dude? Really? And then I'm like, well, I guess we'll be able to see your cuts today. And then we're like, slice, slice, slice. That was great. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then he was looking at you all sad like, bro, why'd you cut me up like that? And you're like, because you're weak. And then you, you stepped out. Okay. That's how it happened. Look at that recap. Yeah. That was terrific. It was great. <laughs> uh, so, what other characters do we have? <laughs> I gotta give a little bit of recap. Okay, so Sephiroth squares off for DS Genesis, and uh, <laughs> at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, Zach squares off against Angeal. Um, of course, of course, Zach holds back, uh, but he is knocked down through a like this board in the ground, which is at the ceiling. Wait, Zach holds back against Angeal. Yeah. Oh, because he still thinks Angel is his like yeah, mentor yeah, yeah. or whatever. And uh, and so he knocks him down through this like door in the in the ground, which is actually the roof of a church in Midgard. Oh my gosh! Did they recreate the scene from Final Fantasy VII where there's flowers growing in the in the church? Oh my gosh! Is this where he meets a one lady heiress? Yes. Okay. This is correct. Okay, just, I, I I knew this was coming, but I was just wondering. Just, just, <laughs> that is correct. Uh, oh, wow. Um, that voice was a, a weird one. You ever seen Billy Madison? I did. Okay. Yeah. Chris Farley? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so Zach is in no rush to get back to Shinra after falling down there. He's, he's kind of in despair, and, you know, he's... Uh, honestly, he's kind of, like, in a way, he's kind of using Aerith as a way to distract him from these crappy feelings he has you know he's just portrayed by his his buddy and everything the pure-hearted earth is being used nah i mean it's oh my gosh i hate i don't i don't think she's now i don't think she's i think there is a level of that i think there's i think that she's using him to escape from the humdrum reality using them using them to make a a flower wagon thing sure (laughs) but uh manual labor I, I don't think it's like I don't think he's doing that to her. I think it's like a subconscious thing for him. Yes, personally, or at least from the from the, if I'm going to dive the into the god perspective psyche. that we have when playing yeah, the game, yes, that's what's exactly. happening. Exactly. Um, no, I mean, and um, and their romance is it's it. What's the right word? It's not corny or anything like that. It feels um, wholesome. Yeah, I feel, that's a good word. Thank you. 
Uh, you have to have to consider the fact that she's 15 too. So, Whew, how old is he? But Angel's like only 16 or something. No, he's Angel's like 25. Not Angel, sorry. I Zach. don't know. I have no clue. Maybe he's like 16, 17. I'm sure. Yeah, he's I'm pretty like sure really they were both teenagers. Yeah, it's I'm fine. sure they're like around the same age. It's so. fine. They're not. They're not that weird. Um, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, so he kind of kicks around there for like I think it was like a month. He was kicked around down with Aerith. Damn. Yeah. So they're getting fresh. So. Ooh. <laughs> oh, so the reason why. Okay. I'll talk about it off my Okay. <laughs> so uh, about a month later, he goes back to Shinra and uh, Sack is given another assignment where he meets. And nobody asked where he was for a month? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, maybe they did, but. I might have just glossed over that fact. But who You've did he meet? You've been gone for a month, who Zach. I've been sleeping. Meet? Who'd Zach meet? When? He gets a new mission. He is going to meet... <laughs> Cloud. <laughs> there you go. <gasps> what? <laughs> uh, so I guess originally they were going to focus way more on uh, Cloud and Zach together, but because of the size of the UMD disc... They had to cut a whole bunch of stuff. Obviously. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, you know, I, I, I was kind of thinking about this uh, game a little bit. And whereas, like, Final Fantasy VII really fleshes out the game's world, uh, Crisis Core really just spends all its time focusing on the characters. And then the world is, is, is kind of a backdrop. I think the reason why that was done is because the world had already been established. Yeah. And so if you just put character stories in a world that's already been established, you can spend more time on them. Right. And I mean, to be honest, this whole game was about explaining some old characters. So how far should I get into the story? I mean, I was I actually had notes where I was just going to end there because then you really start getting the spoiler stuff. You get the Nibelheim and all that stuff. Well, let's just say it like this. This game does really good at filling in certain gaps in the story for 7 mm-hmm. that almost felt like they should have been explained in 7, but at the same time, their ambiguousness in 7 kind of led... It led, was fine. It, yeah. yeah, it led to, like... Uh, the ambiguousness of Zack's story actually led to Cloud's story being better, that much better. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I think we pretty much already said in the in the last podcast, or, sorry, two podcasts ago? I think. Yeah. Um, in the Final Fantasy 7 episode, we were explaining pretty much how Cloud created a persona based on a person. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think. So, does he have like dissociative disorder? Or? No, no, no. That, okay, so, that's one thing that I was realizing uh, when going back to look at Final Fantasy 7 is that it's not like Cloud necessarily has um, a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time where he has something close to like dissociative disorder is when he falls into the live stream, oh. and even then, it was just more mm-hmm. of like um, internal like, reflection. Or okay, so I guess we should you should insert like a little bit of spoiler before this. Um, I always put spoilers on anything that deals with. Okay, so um, we're we're I mean we're gonna if I'm gonna talk about the end because I might as well. It's like one of the best parts of this game. Like honestly, this might be one of my favorite. Indies. It's the reveal of all reveals, really. Yeah, it's one of my favorite endings to a game, or not one of my favorite endings. Um, so this goes back to the was it 
DW, WMD, I think that's what it was, the little slot device thing. So we're talking about before how it's basically his his memory is making him stronger, his, his connection is making him stronger. So at the end of the game, um, oh, I, I actually skipped over a whole bunch. My bad. Yeah, I forgot about the parts where... Uh, <sighs> They deal a lot with like the scientists who are doing the exploration. But to be honest, I, I if guess I'm I being can... completely honest, that kind of stuff was crap to me because they were trying to. It's like they were fleshing out characters that they just introduced while they could have spent more time fleshing out the characters we already knew about. Like, the, oh, you're talking about Hollander? Yeah, when they're explaining. No, like, it's, that part's whatever. Yeah, I mean, when they're explaining other, the sci- you could other just scientists. You past all that crap. Right? Yeah. And, and they were explaining like Angeal's backstory and stuff like that. You were kind of like, okay. Okay, okay, let's get more to the Zack stuff, mm-hmm. get to the Sephiroth stuff. I guess let's get to the Genesis stuff since he's important now. Um, but well, I'm, I guess there is some important parts. So, Angel, we're talking about how that's his mentor. So, Angel actually is the one with the that starts off with the Buster Sword. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so, Angel, I'm not really sure why he fights Zack, to be perfectly honest. But after he does, it's almost like Zack has cleansed him of this evil or whatever and um and that's also some sense into him yeah it's just it's all confusing oh i remember now like uh for some reason all these monsters merge with angel and he becomes like maybe that's why i don't know man it's mega angel yeah that's uh that's some anime stuff right there but uh anyway so he takes he takes angel out he's dying and angel says that you are basically you're the takeover for me. And so he gives him his sword and Zach doesn't do anything. He doesn't do the stereotypical, no, like the, he should have the like Jedi stuff. Yeah. It was good. I liked it a lot. Um, he, so there, they had this part where Angel like holds the sword up to his head, like some honor thing. And then Zach actually, he mimics that as if he's taken on lame. Ah, I liked it. I'm sure you did. Yeah. I it did. was very cinematic. Mm, yep, it's true. I liked it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like me cinematic. So anyway, so <laughs> stu- stuff happens. Um, Nibelheim stuff, which is big spoilers for Final Fantasy VII, so I'm going to gloss over that. Uh, but Cloud and Zack get captured. Because I guess we're already doing spoilers. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I'm going to skip over it. So Cla- Cloud and Zack get captured. They are experimented on using Mako, Mako. energy and... Genova cells too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so, I think that's how Sephiroth is able to manipulate one cloud. Yeah. And so uh, Zach and Zach and Cloud. Um, oh, Zach escapes with Cloud, and Cloud's just he's jacked. I mean, he's like a shell of himself. He's I don't even think he has a consciousness that you know. It's like he's just like a puppet almost. Mm-hmm. And so he. he <sighs> <laughs> so he kind of he drags him around trying to get him to safety and everything and uh it, it basically culminates in zach's last stand so he brings him to this this uh kind of cliffside mm-hmm. and in the original final fantasy game there's like people get are annoyed with this like original final fantasy game there was like three soldiers that like um cornered zach and killed him but in this remake there's like hundreds there's he's he's confronted with like hundreds of soldiers, right? And then your battle is kind of like Kingdom Hearts two, like the thousand heartless. Whatever. Yeah, but it was all it, obviously it's just like to show off. Look what we can do. Yeah, 
Um, uh, on the PSP, which is is pretty impressive. Bananas. Yeah. So as you're fighting, you, you fight for a while. As you're fighting um, this DWM, DWDM, whatever it is, the little spinning wheel. Your mind game. Your mind game thing. It starts to deteriorate. So you'll it'll you'll land. It'll land on three different characters, and you know you'll he'll have like a flashback of a memorable scene that, and these are all scenes that you've never seen before, a memorable scene for him about this person, and it's basically like, it's basically like as his life is or as his fight goes on, it's like his life is flashing before his eyes type thing, mm-hmm. and he's having to let go of. It was all. a good concept, just wasn't executed. Well. Oh, that was so great, man! I I loved it. I I. I thought it was a really good because um, you thought it was cinematic. <laughs> <laughs> it was using gameplay components to elicit an emotional response. Okay. Did How you many games do that though? Game? Did you tear up during that part? I mean, maybe. I really don't know. Will you admit it on the podcast? If you did, yeah, I don't really care. I'm a crier. Are I you a big care. pansy baby when you play games? Most of the time, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's um. Fine. But I mean, what other what other game has done that? Has used gameplay to elicit, like gameplay components to elicit an emotional response. So there's a game that's currently in production. The only one, the only one I can think of is uh, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid Four, I think Four. Yeah, Four. Where like, um, with like the, with the thirty minute cutscene? No, no, no. There's a part where Snake has to crawl through this tunnel, and and there's like there's all this radiation in there, and you already know that Snake's like on his last legs, and you have to mash on the button. Technically, he's not on his legs at all. If he's That's true. He's crawling. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, but you have to ma- <laughs> you have to like mash on the button to try to get him through that thing, and like you know this is his swan song. I mean, it's it's basically said that throughout the whole game, and. And I mean, you, that's what the game was made for. Yeah, kind of. and you like in like for yourself, you don't want it to end for him yet. You know, he hasn't done his job or he hasn't fulfilled right. his mission, and so you're like romping on this this A button or X button or whatever. Romping? Sure, <laughs> you've been romping Mashing. on his button, <laughs> <laughs> mashing on this button to get him through. No, this, no, you know? it's gonna be romping now. Okay, it's romping on this button. Yep. So. Anyway, so this this is one of the only You're a button romper. <laughs> this is one of the only <laughs> other instances of, of, of a gameplay component doing something like this. I, I, I was really impressed. I, I it was one of my favorite moments. It was a really good cutscene, even though Cloud does go No you know. That part kinda sucks. Yeah. It's cause he didn't get to romp. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No romping for kid. <laughs> Uh, should we take a break right for this last part? Sure, why not? Okay. I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> I eat mics, bro. That's kind of um, yeah. David was talking about how he gets too close to the mic and he feels like he's eating it. So I that do. was my my imitation of what he sounded like. But he didn't actually say that or sound like that. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> We're back. That was your that was your Kurt voice. Oh, the the <laughs> the master of chimp chimp Anyways, um, how are we gonna close this up? Because like, okay, so there's a lot in this game, but there's it's it's all hollow. I guess it feels hollow at times, but then I don't think but so. then like there's some really really heavy parts. 
It feels hollow, it's like very a, cinematic. Like a no like wonder a I love bones it. And whatnot. Gosh, the ending's so great. Are you talking about the secret ending where 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 Gak flies away with the body? That's not a secret ending. That's, oh, that's the actual. That's ending. dirge. That's the secret ending. The dirge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Were they gonna make another game after that or something? They well, I mean, they must have been planning something. Or they just want. Or Gak was like, "No, I need a fun. I need a scene. I need my scene." <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why Gak was gacked. 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 Anyways. Anyways. Uh, so characters. So we already talked about Zach, and um, so Zach's like he's a real true North character, like that totally knows exactly what he wants. Yeah, and um, it's 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 more like finding himself. He's already done that. Um, it's more so like it's more so people around him like trying to bring him down, and and it's mostly his perseverance that's like no, no, this is who I am. Like, Mm. stop messing with me. Yeah. Which, I mean, I actually ended up thinking, like, Zach comes off as so happy-go-lucky at the beginning, and he, he's almost like a anime trope type thing, and uh, he ends up being a really good character to me. Yeah. So, um, he's voiced by Rick Gomez, which turned out this is, like, his only notable role. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, also this game had a lot of voice acting, too. Yeah, it did. Uh, I don't know if it did. Uh, so. It did. Okay, it did. You just named the voice actor. Wait, 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 what did you say then? I said it had a lot of voice acting. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> now <laughs> I see what you're trying to say. Sorry. I thought I was getting lost because I'm tired. But, yeah. <laughs> I got no, lost on the one. Uh, then there's Sephiroth. And <laughs> so they had a big focus in this game on trying to give Sephiroth like this a human side. He already had a human side. Kind of. Yes. I mean, I mean, realistically, in Final Fantasy VII, you're introduced to him by following a trail of blood. Yes, yes, you are. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> so he's voiced by George Newborn, Newburn, and um, this will be ironic for when we talk about the remake. Uh, so anyway, so he does the voice of a bunch of Superman in a bunch of animated films. Really? Yeah, which it seems kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's a similar voice, just a little bit darker. Yeah. Um, and then all right, let's 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 dive into this guy. Who? Genesis. Uh, Phil Collins. Rapsodosis. Oh, dude. Do 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 do. So. Okay. So. Now I'm back. He's this really freaking weird character. He's obsessed. With this thing called Loveless, which is like... It's a this, freaking play. It's a play in the Final Fantasy VII world. Yeah, okay. So, I remember when I first saw like the poster for Loveless in Final Fantasy mm. VII at the beginning of the game. And I thought for sure that this, this existed outside of the Final oh, Fantasy Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. The thing is, back then, the internet wasn't very prevalent. I'm old. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> it w- Well, it wasn't as easily accessible as it is now, where I wasn't like... Hmm. Let me look up Loveless, and I couldn't. Obviously, I couldn't find it because I never really looked that hard for mm. it. And so I was always wondering if it was like a for reals play. Do you want to know? Yeah. Okay. So during that time, the 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 team was really into the band My Bloody Valentine. Okay. And they have an album called Loveless. Really? Yeah. 
Now this they were into this stuff during the dirge days or or Final sorry Fantasy the, the, the the Final Fantasy seven days yeah and then so then they just carried that over to yeah and they Cars created Before? they created some like the writers created some poem called they called Loveless and like all throughout the game Genesis is quoting this play and he's basically basing basically basing well uh, his life on this poem play whatever. But like so, he he's like pre-building a narrative for himself based on something else, Pretty and then much. and then like playing it out and making sure everybody else is doing their part. Yeah, huh? Yeah, that's actually that's pretty accurate. Actually, yeah, it's very weird, right? So he he's like kind of he's kind of doing the the like the Joker thing in the Dark Knight, um, where he like. He he knows what he wants to accomplish, but nobody else seems to know what's going on, and he's just constantly pulling strings and constantly <laughs> pushing people okay. in the right direction. I mean, you go with that. And then everybody's separate. Joker's al- written better, right? Also, it's obvious that Joker's the villain, and in this yeah. one, Genesis is not considered a villain until a little bit further into yeah. the game. I don't, I don't even know if that was. And his... even then, you don't really quite realize it until they just go, "Hey, guess what? He's the villain now." Well, and then like his whole main goal is to meet some goddess. That's mentioned in the play, which he does, and then she's like, Psh, "You a fool!" Like she all like acts like she's Wait, happy she to see him, but then she's like, or she, she's she a goddess." Like the play, huh? It's like God as some goddess. So apparently, there's gods and goddesses in Final Fantasy lore. In the seven lore, I don't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there was in the original. That seems weird. It does seem weird in this in this game. It seems kind of thrown in. Yeah. I agree. Oh come on, guys! <laughs> but this character, this character feels very meta. <laughs> well, the fact that it has a lot to do with the person who is based on. Well, that that's true. I mean, I guess it's that's probably the it doesn't sense seem of it's meta. meta. It's very meta. It is very, very, very meta. <laughs> so as I was saying before, like there's there's per- the producer for the Final Fantasy series or. Maybe this game or Dirge. I don't know what game. But <laughs> a he, thing happened. Like, I guess he was really excited about Gact. And he was so impressed with his performance. Why do they, you say it with such disdain? I don't do you know. not like Gact? I don't know anything about Gact. Okay. He could be amazing for all I know. Maybe you should throw throw in a few tracks. Heck no. <laughs> Gact ain't getting no play on my podcast. <laughs> um so um so yeah, so he he was in that brief secret movie, and the producer liked him so much that he was like, "We need to give him a bigger role." And and if you really That's think, weird, it is really weird. And if you really think about like, so in Japan, this guy is famous, a superstar. Yeah, and they took his likeness and his wardrobe and threw it in a Final Fantasy VII game. I know. Like. I mean, I didn't know any of this stuff when I played the game, so I was like, "Oh, it's just a character." I didn't know any of it either. But if I was, if I was in Japan and I knew who this was, I'd be like, "What is this doing?" It would be why knocking your socks off. <laughs> no, but I would, you'd no be like, "Why is this dude doing in this game?" Like, or may, maybe, maybe not. Maybe they're like, "Oh, I, I get, love Gact." I was gonna say, if you were part of the culture, it probably is. A, it's like, "Oh my goodness, two things I love and one thing that kind of thing." Maybe, but if. If you're not a part to that and you're finding out the fact, of course, you're going to think maybe I wouldn't be appreciative, but who knows? But it really, I mean, it was a weird thing, but who knows? When we were joking about Phil Collins, it probably is kind of similar. Like if it was Phil Collins that was in this Final Fantasy game, 
We would probably be like, it will be Phil Collins. What the? I feel like he's going to keep on doing that. For the rest of, every time you mention Genesis, it's going to be like, I can feel it. <laughs> it is weird. It is weird. I mean, the more I think about it, it is really weird that they would decide to do this. Can we get a copy strike for, for doing that stuff? Oh, probably. Dang, Phil Collins. Wait, 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 wait. But we're... Are we? It's a recreation for entertainment purposes. Yeah, are we making a joke out of it? Yes. Are we satire? Are we it? parodying it? Yes, we are. Oh, we are. Okay, we are. Yeah. Thinking. Or as lawyers. Now that we've declared us. that this is a parody. I mean, if we're being realistic, Let's we just probably sing the whole thing. I mean, now like he's gonna get so many internet hits from people looking him up. I know Phil Collins is such a dead artist. Like I feel like now, like with our <laughs> thriving podcast, <laughs> that we're like rejuvenating Dude, his he, career. He's gonna be like. He's gonna be like. It's going to be like Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man for him. Like, his career is going to be like rejuvenated. Considering that Phil Collins has never died and he will always be <laughs> the one and only Phil Collins, we don't have to worry about I'm sure there's other career. Phil Collins. He killed them all. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. This, this is how you become the I greatest. I hear they're making a game about it. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is how you Made become the Made by Square Enix. <laughs> yep. And then his moves is him just drumming and he goes... <laughs> Each beat somebody dies. Another yep. Phil Collins. Yep. Each one bites that. That's a different artist altogether. No, I don't know who that is. Is that Kansas? Another one. I don't know. Uh, right. No, it's Queen. Yeah. Yay! I got it. I think it is. Okay. You probably know better than I do. I don't know a lot of Queen stuff. Queen's fine. Um, but yeah, that was a character. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I guess we should talk about what we're talking about next week. And I think we're finally going to get into the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, okay, so we had kind of debated on this for a couple different weeks. Oh, we're going to um, do it. Weeks. I, think, I think we should. I would prefer... It's still in the back of my mind that I prefer not to. To wait until after we played it? There's so much... There's going to yes. be so much to talk about after we... The thing is, this is going to be an episode of a, th- of a thing I do not like to do. Speculate? Speculate. It's it's really not... A, I mean, because I, I, feel I pretty like much it, brought the facts. There's very little that we're going to be speculating on. Okay. It'll be a relatively short episode. I don't I don't think it's going to last as long as, as you think it's going to. Well, maybe. Maybe not. Oh. This could be our longest podcast. Let's do four hours. Of non-speculation, only facts? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to work. I'm going to talk really, really. we we'll talk like this. <laughs> and we never raise the register. I could do like... We uh, always stay this low. <laughs> I could do like the, uh, the Japanese-American superhero voice. What is that? Oh, I got to think of it. Do it. My voice is really, really low. Yeah, that's pretty good. I can't think how it goes now. I'll think about it and then... That actually, like, hurts to do that after a while. Really? Or, like, it tingles. And oh, then, yeah. Then you know you can, like, possibly lose your voice if you keep on doing it. I don't really know what I do to get it to do like that, though. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I really do like that voice. I wonder if people are still listening. Even <laughs> if they do listen to our podcast, I wonder yeah. if they're like... Let me tell you a secret. <laughs> Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Like, so if it's anime, but it's a in the anime, it's an American 
superhero. Oh, that hey, like hey guys, yeah, that I'm here back to of the, the throat day. talking, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I was trying to think of no, that. That was that head. was pretty close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the quote unquote. It's like the it's like the like a weird fake superhero. Like it's always they're they're too good to be good, and yeah. you know they're gonna be bad eventually or something like that. But yeah, it's it's like uh, <laughs> you mean you remember P- Powdered Toast Man from Ren and Snippy? I never watched Ren and Snippy. Oh, okay, I I'm not. A, I thought that okay. So when I was younger, first of all, I wouldn't watch it because it was supposed to be something that we're not supposed to yeah. watch because it was just grotesque or whatever. But my then parents like, didn't monitor what I watched. So. Yeah, my parents do, yeah. and the, and I I I thank them for that because I I avoided something like that. But then like <laughs> I, it, when I got older, I I did watch it, and then I realized that the reason why I watched I didn't watch it earlier, even having the opportunity to do so, is because it just looked gross, and it was never necessarily funny. And then, like, a lot of the humor in it, like, it was overtly sexual, but it was a somehow, somehow a kid's show, which, same with Rocco's Modern Life, I watched an episode or two of that, but then when I got older and found out what that show was really about, it's like, wow, they let us watch this. Yeah. Because they I didn't mean, know, but... I mean, it's it's kind of like Rick and Morty. I mean, that's a kid's show, but... That is not a kid's <laughs> show. That is very much an adult swim <laughs> show for a reason. Are you serious? Oh, crap. You let your kids watch I'm just it? kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, even if you do, it doesn't really matter. Some people believe that like it's better to expose them to things like that than to hide them from it. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. It, uh, it, exactly. I wonder. I wonder if we can do a whole podcast where like there's like twenty different characters and we just <laughs> keep switching between them. Only talk like this the whole time. No, 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 no. We have to switch it up. Like this is a character. This is this is George. Oh, so you're saying. It would be cool to do a podcast where it's like we're speaking in different table. voices, right? And then, like, we're telling a story at the same time, and then the voices <laughs> that we're doing are actually characters that we play in that podcast. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> That'd be hard. I refuse. It'd be hard. Wait, you talking about the roundtable thing? Yeah. I don't that'd be really hard. Not for me. If I had, like, ten voices. Yeah, but no, I'm switching and then, like, getting, like... Without pause. I think that's difficult. Really? Nah. You got to put a period in all your stuff. Yeah, but you practice so. a bunch. So. I don't practice nothing. You what are you talking like about? practice like nonstop. What? My, I guess. <laughs> by, by living, I've practiced. <laughs> um, yeah, that was kind of lame. We're done with this podcast. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Final Fantasy Remake next week. And then um, after that, we'll get into... Um, what I would consider to be one of the most confusing Final Fantasies ever to exist, Final Fantasy VIII. Woo! Until next one. Until next time. Next one. Or the time. Until next time. Until next time.